You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for joining us on a Friday edition of the show, a fan Friday edition of the show. We're going to welcome in the Pesci brothers. They are the hosts of It's Never Just a Game, a podcast that I've absolutely enjoyed. They're early on in their venture in the podcast sphere, but off to a solid, solid start. Also, BYU graduates and big-time Cougar fans to boot. We'll talk with them on today's fan Friday edition of the podcast and also touch on the news regarding Isaiah Heron's surprise entry into the NCAA transfer portal. What might be some of the reasoning why he did so? We'll cover that as well on today's show. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar, as well as our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. We'll tell you about both of those companies as today's podcast rolls on as well. All right, with that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for June 19th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download your original daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars with us here. This podcast is available everywhere podcasts can be found. The big three, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Make sure to follow and or subscribe to the show so that way you never miss an episode. And I guess first things first, an apology on the delay in getting this podcast out. Uh, the service we subscribed to to host it, etc., was having issues earlier this morning. I also had another predicament uh, befall me early this morning that precluded me from getting that podcast out in time. But coming to you a little bit later than normal, but still, we're with you guys each and every day talking BYU sports. Kick off today's show, let's talk about the surprise news yesterday, and that is the uh, sophomore cornerback Isaiah Heron has entered the NCAA transfer portal from the BYU football program. On its head, this is a pretty surprising transfer considering he started seven games a year ago for BYU and looked like he was on his way to being a fairly significant contributor, if not an outright starter for BYU in the defensive secondary when he was healthy. He had some health issues last year that precluded him from, from playing in more than those seven games and starting those seven games. But Still a great player nonetheless, but some posts last night on Instagram and a player I talked to as well confirmed it, that Isaiah Heron actually has been really caught up in the Black Lives Matter movement that's been sweeping the country. It's hard to uh, avoid seeing the news that is coming out, protests nationwide, asking for equality and for people to be more tolerant, understanding, especially the police. You guys know the whole backstory on that, but apparently Isaiah Heron has been very... uh, very involved in that and he's been very outspoken you can see it on his instagram feed he's been very outspoken on this matter but it appears that he is trying to lead a wave of african-american or black american athletes to go back to historically black colleges and universities to revitalize those football programs it's been a debate that's really kind of become a bigger issue in recent days with uh, the conjunction with the black lives matter movement nationwide the causes for social social justice And I have to say, if Isaiah Heron is serious about this, I give him nothing but the utmost respect because there's a lot of athletes that bypass the HBCU universities and schools because they're not, quote unquote, high level athletics or high level or mainstream, however you want to term it. 
if he ultimately follows through on this, I think it's an absolutely phenomenal result for himself because he's he's doing something that for himself. He's following his heart. And I think anybody listening to this podcast can understand that. And I think you can respect it at the bare minimum, even though it does affect the BYU football program in the near term. The good news in terms of what BYU football is looking at is that I think they might be deeper at cornerback especially than at any point in the recent past in terms of being able to absorb a loss of this caliber. You don't have to go back too far, four or five years, had a guy like Isaiah Heron, a guy of his caliber, his ability to play, etc., left the BYU football program, it might have been considered a catastrophic loss for BYU's chances on defense. It's not so much. It's obviously a loss because, like I said, he was looking like he was developing into a starting caliber player looked very much the part of a guy who could contribute to BYU for some time but he's following his heart he's trying to start a revolution in a way and really be the part of a first wave of student athletes transferring from the schools they originally had been with and then planned to transfer to a historically black college or university I, I have no issue with Isaiah Heron deciding you know what I need to be I need to put up in terms of the put up or shut up, you know, that whole phrase. He's putting up. He's putting his money where his mouth is, to use that expression as well. And I got nothing but respect for him. The good news is, like I said, BYU in terms of the depth, it appears they'll be able to absorb that a little bit easier than they would have in the past. Is it going to hurt the depth chart for BYU? Absolutely. This is a kid, I'm telling you, Isaiah Heron probably is maybe a starter this year. If not, he's probably the first guy to come into the game to relieve either Chris Wilcox or D'Angelo Mandel, who kind of project to be your two starting cornerbacks this fall. A fantastic player, but guys behind him, Jock Wilson coming in, a guy we had on the podcast recently. We have a number of young athletes coming back from missions. Jalen Vickers comes to mind, etc. A lot of talent there, Javel Brown, that can be developed, you hope, and then can hopefully step up and fill the void that a guy like Isaiah Heron leaves for the BYU football program. But learning more about this and having talked with a player on the team who confirmed what Heron's plans are, if he ultimately falls through with this, great. I, I have no problem with it, and I hope you guys that are listening to this podcast can understand what this young man is doing. He is, he's putting the money where his mouth is. He is stepping up and trying to be a, a, a light in the darkness, to use that expression as well. But we'll see how it goes for him. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where he ultimately decides to land, and we'll make sure to cover that for you if and when he decides where he's going. Maybe he could even come back to BYU should he decide, you know what, I'm better served to play my years in Provo. He still has that option. As a, Going into the NCAA transfer portal doesn't mean you're immediately, you're no longer on the team. The coaching staff at the university reserves that right at the end of the next semester to cancel your scholarship. But for the time being, you are a member of the football program of the university you are transferring from. So there you go. Some thoughts on what's going on with Isaiah Heron. I meant to also get to our player countdown series in this segment because we've got some interviews coming up here in just a second, but we'll touch on that tomorrow. We can catch up on a special weekend edition on day number 76 as we count you down towards BYU and Utah. We'll probably combine 76 and 75 on tomorrow's edition, so stay tuned for that. But coming up next, talking with the Pesci brothers. They have a new podcast that is absolutely phenomenal. High-level guests who join them on this show. Also big BYU fans to boot. We'll talk with both Greg and NJ Pesci here in just a second. Before we do that though, you hear me guys talk about our good friends at Built Bar all the time, and I 
I love talking about this company. They're absolutely phenomenal. They are the best tasting protein bars on the market, bar none. Mark it down in Sharpie. They are the best. If you can find a better one, hey, good on you. But I'm telling you guys, Built Bar is the best for my money. You can check them out. They've got over 20 different flavor profiles. They have chocolate and nut flavors, chocolate and nut-free flavors. Actually, are made in a nut-free facility. So that way you're not getting that cross-contamination if you are sensitive to such things. But protein bars, man, I remember back in the day when I felt like I needed a gallon of milk to wash it down. Not that way with Built Bar. They are soft and easy to chew. They're covered in 100% chocolate, and they're absolutely delicious. They legitimately taste like a candy bar. So check it out, guys. And this week, they're up to 50% off all of their inventory on their website at BuiltBar.com. And the proceeds of that are being donated to charities to help with the Black Lives Matter movement as well as other uh, social cause issues that Built Bar is donating to. So guys, it's a great way to support our local economy, but also support the communities that need it most. And like I said, up to 50% off their inventory. Right now as well, you can still get $10 off your first order when you go to BuiltBar.com. All you've got to do is use the promo code Locked On. That'll save you that 10 bucks on your first order. So a great way to save a lot of money right now on the best protein bars on the market. So check them out. BuiltBar.com, a proud partner of us here on Locked On Cougars and the Locked On Podcast Network. It's a fan Friday here on the podcast, so let's get to our featured guest today. It's a two-for-one special, Greg and NJ Pesci, two guys who are brothers, BYU graduates. A great backstory of how they got to BYU you're going to hear in just a second here, but also have a podcast as well, so let's get to it. Here you go, Greg and NJ Pesci from It's Never Just a Game, the podcast, with myself right here on Locked on Cougars. Please welcome in now the Pesci brothers, both NJ and Greg. They are the host of It's Never Just a Game, a new podcast. I believe you guys are coming up on your 10th episode, if I'm not mistaken, gentlemen. We are, yeah. Well, thanks for joining us here on the podcast. Excited to have you guys on. I've been an avid listener to your podcast since it launched. Uh, First things first, though, I think most people are going to hear that last name Pesci and wonder, okay, are they related to the famous guy in Hollywood? Well, as far as we know, we're not. Okay. But yeah. but we've used it as if we were over the years. It works really well for us. Absolutely. <laughs> what we say is that uh, he got the money and we got the looks. Okay. <laughs> not much hey. we could do about that. Hey. But we don't think hey. we're... It, Pesci's not a very common name even in Italy. Yeah. So we might be tied in somewhere, but he hasn't claimed us. Okay. Well, fair enough. I, yeah. I figured people would hear that last name and wonder, okay, what's going on? Okay. Next thing for me is I want to let you guys pub a little bit of what you guys are doing with your podcast. I find it fascinating. You guys have melded sports, life, and business into what you guys talk about on your weekly podcast. So go ahead and give us the background of what you guys decided to do with this podcast, why you started it, et cetera. So a long time ago, Greg and I have been talking about it's never just a game for a very long time. And it goes back to when we were kids, we'd compete in everything. And so someone would say to us, Hey, calm down. It's just a game, but it's really much more than that. And so Greg and I have talked about that concept and we think it applies to business and life and sports, that those things are actually more than, and we wanted to get the most out of it, have conversations with people who live that, talk about these great stories and, uh, and let people know what it means to be never just a game. Yeah, I think that that's exactly right for us. It's a chance for us to spend some time together as well and to talk about stuff that we love and that's matter that matters to us. 
Um, and so it's been a lot of fun and we're lucky enough to talk to someone like you and hopefully we can keep it going. Yeah. So you guys can follow their show on social media in Jag official, if I'm not mistaken, did I get that Twitter handle, right? Okay. So yeah, follow them in Jag official. You can download it anywhere. You download this podcast. Uh, great guest. Your first one was Charles Davis. You've had guys like Greg Rubel. Uh, one of you is a neighbor with neighbor with Greg, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yes, I, I am. Okay. Greg and Greg okay. show. Yes. Okay. So, so Greg, I actually, I don't know if you know this. I was an intern for Greg. That's how I got my start in sports. Really? Radio. So way back. Oh, when. So well, that's pretty cool. Greg's <laughs> a great friend and, and I think a great asset at BYU. He absolutely is. All right. So let's talk a little bit about BYU sports. Obviously both of you are graduates from Brigham Young University longtime uh, supporters of the university and their athletic programs. Give me your background. Cause you guys mentioned the fact that you guys are from back East. You guys are from the greater New York, if I'm not mistaken, Massachusetts area. So what brought you to BYU in the first place? Okay. So we're, we're from New York originally, okay. uh, New York city. We moved to uh, upstate New York. Um, as we talked about, our mom passed away when we were young, uh, 14 and, and 12. And uh, our family moved to Massachusetts from there. And then we got to BYU because our we have an older sister. Okay, there are six of us, our sister, then six boys, <laughs> and our sister was in love with Donny Osmond. All right, and, uh, she was that age, you know, in the seventies where you loved Donny Osmond. She loved Donny Osmond, and uh, she she really didn't do anything wild and crazy in high school. And and honestly, she wanted to go far away from the tragedy that just had happened to us back east with our mom passing away. And she found out that um, that Donny was LDS and that the Latter-day Saints had a school called BYU and uh, with a black and white picture of the Wilkinson center, she came to uh, BYU um, as not a member of the church of the Mormon church and started uh, going to school at BYU, which got us interested in some things. Yeah, exactly. And I think, so we grew up in New York and we're, we're, um, we're raised Roman Catholics and we were altar boys. We have pictures of the two of us together as altar boys, which is pretty interesting. And uh, when my sister finally went to BYU. Um, we learned more about the, uh, the Mormon church and eventually converted. But the thing I wanted to say about that was that BYU sports had a lot to do with that. Uh, we were getting to get familiar with the Mormon church when we were it's like 1978 and 79, really. Right. And, and BYU was having some real success and it actually played a pretty important role. BYU sports did in, in our decision to do that. Yeah. I, I think I watched, maybe, maybe we watched uh, Mark Wilson okay. yes, and carve up, uh, San Diego state or something on an ABC game. And that's when I thought I need to go there. I didn't, I didn't even know what the academic achievements would require there, but I had to go for that. Yeah. Right. And, and, and for me, fortunately, I mean, I, I, I was accepted to Brigham Young as a, a, not a member of the Mormon church and, and then um, joined afterwards. But freshman year when I was there, um, Steve Young was a freshman. Okay. Jim McMahon was the starting quarterback. Danny Ainge was the starting guard his senior year, and Wally Joyner was playing first base on the baseball team. I, I never went to class, Jake. I just watched <laughs> sports the whole time. I was going to say. GPA shows it. I had a GPA, which was good. It was good. You graduated, called, right? That's the, that's the biggest That's the biggest. It was called a good point average. <laughs> well, yeah, see, that's, that's kind of the, the golden age, I think, for a lot of BYU fans looking back. It, it just how many different stars were um, – playing at BYU in multiple sports at that time. And you guys mentioned the fact that the hook at BYU, late 70s, early 80s, they really came to the national prominence. And for you guys back east, that absolutely, before then, you probably wouldn't have necessarily been able to see BYU on TV before then. 
That's exactly right. right. And it was just perfect timing for us, you know, and that exposure that BYU sports had in both football and basketball and other sports as well was perfect for us because we loved sports and, and we wanted to sort of relate more yeah. uh, and in sports helped us do that. Yeah. Well, you guys have talked a lot about your sports background and believe your father was on just recently. He talked about the fact how swimming got him to where yeah. he is in life, et cetera. You guys played sports. You've talked about this on your podcast, multiple sports growing up. Did you guys have aspirations of playing at the college level before going to BYU or was it just, hey, we're just participating until we find out whatever's next? Yeah. Um, I would say we had aspirations because we were like any other kid playing at the time. I thought I was going to play baseball at BYU. Okay. And I should have done some things the summer before that would have prepared me. So I showed up to BYU and, and then Wally Joyner, maybe you've had him on the show. Wally doesn't know how close he was to losing that spot he had <laughs> at BYU as a freshman. And I, I arrived there and I started to do some hitting in the cages in the fall and thought I would walk on. Okay. And then I saw him <laughs> and I saw him and I thought, wow. And I called my dad and I said, pop, you know, I'm a left-handed first baseman. It's all I really know. There's some kid here playing first base, hitting fourth. I don't think, I think he's 17. There's no way I could beat this kid out. And my dad, you know, giving me all the best advice said, maybe you should put away your cleats in and study. <laughs> so, so Wally was, I mean, he was this close. He was on the edge yeah, yeah, and he right. didn't, he didn't know it, but what a pleasure it was to watch him play baseball. I Absolutely. mean, I don't think I ever saw him strike out at any game I was ever at. Okay. And he was just double home run, double home run. He was so smooth. But that was the closest I got in my mind, at least. Yeah. For me, um, um, we all played three sports in high school. It was a small school in Northeast Massachusetts. And um, so it wasn't that hard to get on. It's not like my kid's trying to get on the Lone Peak team. It's a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. But we, um, but I never had illusions. I stopped growing. Okay. And so I just realized that I was never going to be somebody who could actually do that. And so I just, just enjoyed the sports for what they were. I was hoping we could do more with it later on in life. But I... I have to say, NJ probably had a better shot at that than I did. Okay, well, that's kind of. Let me just tell you a quick side story. I know you're going to remember the guy. I'm probably pronouncing his name incorrectly, but there was a guard at BYU, California kid, used to dribble behind his back with two hands the whole time. Nikovich, Nichevich, do you remember? It's early 80s. Uh, Yeah, I know the name. I'm trying to give you, uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. So we we had a pickup game at at, uh, Smithfield House, or maybe it was over in the RB. It was in the RB. Yeah, so we're playing basketball and, and. Greg drops two threes over him because they, they were playing pickup. We got in with these guys and he realized all of a sudden they're going to burn us. But Greg drops these two threes and that really ticked him off. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't touch the ball again after that. I mean, Greg, Greg would yell to me help. And I'd turn around and he's already gone. He's doing a layup. He's like, that's no one scoring on me again. But so yeah, my brother, the basketball captain, he dropped a couple of trays on Nick Javich and said, yeah, take that. Broken clock is right take twice that. a day, Jake. Hey, take that, go. baby. Hey, that's, that's the name of the game right there. <laughs> All right, there you go. Part one of my conversation with the Pesci brothers. We'll get to part two here in just a second. We'll talk a little bit more in depth about the BYU football and basketball programs. You kind of get their take on what they've seen uh, from Kalani Sitake and Mark Pope in particular. We'll get to all of that here in just a minute. Before we do that, though, need to take a second today and tell you about our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. They're a local pest control company based in Utah County. 
but capable of servicing anybody up and down the Wasatch Front, even out into the Tooele area. If you're in Park City or Heber, they'll even come up and take care of you guys as well. What I love about uh, the guys at All Guard Pest Control is they're absolutely phenomenal with how they go about their business. They are not going to knock on your door, not now just amidst the COVID-19 pandemic, but not ever. They don't believe in door knocking. They're not going to knock on your door and say, want to spray for your bugs? That's not how All Guard goes about it. They offer two unique programs for uh, for our listeners and everybody by extension. They offer a quarterly pest control program, which is awesome for people who don't ever want to see a pest and have that peace of mind knowing that no creepy crawly thing is getting in their house. They also offer one-time services. Well, they'll come out, they'll take care of you the one time, and they will leave you alone, I promise. They are not going to make you sign a contract that requires quote-unquote follow-up visits. They come out, they take care of you, they leave you alone until the next time you call them. And I'll guarantee you, if you use All Guard Pest Control, you're going to call them back time after time after time. They are the best of the best. They take care of my home. I hope you will let them take care of yours. You can give them a call. 801-851-1812 is the phone number for All Guard. You also can check them out online. AllGuardPestControls.com is the web address. On their interviews are absolutely phenomenal. I give them my wholehearted endorsement. The team there at AllGuard is phenomenal. So check them out. That's AllGuard Pest Control, 801-851-1812. AllGuard Pest Control, our good friends right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. All right, guys, let's get to part two of our conversation now with Greg and NJ Pesci. Make sure to check out their podcast. It's never just a game. You can follow it on social media, on Twitter in particular, at NJAG Official. Great podcast, great guest, but also they're fantastic hosts in their own right, and I'm glad to have them on the podcast. So here you go. Part two with the Pesci brothers right here on the Locked on Cougars podcast. Let's talk about uh, BYU sports currently. I wanted to ask you guys, we'll talk both basketball and football here. Let's start off with the football program. Kalani Satake enters his fifth year this coming fall. If we get a football season, we're all hoping and praying that we have that. But what have you seen from Kalani Satake that you like about what he's doing with the football program currently? I think that uh, I'm I'm a huge fan of Coach Satake. Um, I think that he's just a first and foremost, just an amazing human being and a, and a good guy, obviously very knowledgeable about football, but I like what he's done with the team as far as the, the culture that he's tried to, to develop there. And I think the increased accountability or uh, as the years come forward I and mean, everybody has to learn in a new job, even a guy with that much experience, everybody has to learn at a new job. I think he has people believing that, that we can and will be better. I think he's recruiting the kinds of students that, uh, student athletes that he wants wants to have there and i i'm hoping this year that you know we know we got to do a few things different on defense and on offense be a little bit better but i think he has the right group around him so i i'm i think he's the right guy he's got you know great energy he seems to be so approachable we've got pictures of our uh, of my son christian in the stands at a basketball game next to him as they're going crazy together when you see him on the sideline you know th- he is all in very very passionate about what's about to happen so um, i don't i wouldn't say he's emotional but you can see that he has emotions for this team and the kids and that's just a wonderfully refreshing thing to watch him get excited and uh, and go after it so i'm hoping for more consistency as anyone else would be we we got a tough schedule usually in the beginning of the year mm-hmm. And then things taper off. It's kind of, so it's kind of weird how to get the evenness of a season. Yeah. But, I, but I think he's a great guy, and, and I'm happy he's back with the Cougars. 
We'll see. Our running joke in the media is Kalani is the king of the bro hug. It doesn't matter. You, yeah. you may have seen him three times in 10 minutes. He's going to give you three different bro hugs because you saw him yeah. three times in 10 minutes. And we've all been joking. Well, in this new era of COVID-19 and the right. you're not supposed to shake hands, how's Kalani going to operate? And we're, yeah. we're going to find out. We're, I, I'm interested to see how that plays out. Yeah, <laughs> well, that'll be interesting. He's got a big heart. He'll find a way. Yeah. And I think that you think about the experience that the young men have for that period of time, whether, mm-hmm. whether it's four or five years or just a couple they're going to remember a number of games and wins, but they will remember the relationship they had with him and what he means to them. And that, and that I think he's a, he's a huge winner in that area. Well, and Kalani's talked about that fact, even his, during his playing days at BYU said his relationship with his coaches, especially Lavelle Edwards, just cemented his whole foundation for his future life. Obviously he went into coaching, but he said that him and his teammates, they have a bond. And I know guys who were very close with Kalani have talked about this. There's a bond between those guys that was fostered by the coaching staff, as well as the teammates on that team, on those respective teams that will never be broken. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about Mark Pope. Obviously, a crazy fun first year. Rate rises as high as number 14 in the national rankings with the basketball program. He's been chasing grad transfers left and right here the last couple of months, really retooling this roster. What do you guys make of what Mark Pope has done so far at BYU? Uh, I think he's done an, uh, an amazing job. And as a Cougar fan, really, really happy that he is the coach. Loved Coach Rose as well. Um, but there's an energy that he brings. There's a belief that, that he brings and a commitment that uh, I just think really does energize the whole, the whole program. You can see that it has affected the players. You can, you can see what happened last year, um, what he's doing now with these you know, transfers. He just seems very committed. He's a very smart guy. Um, I had a chance to meet with him. I do a little bit for BYU with respect to a game day app. And so we had a chance yeah. to meet with him in connection with that in his office. And I was just incredibly impressed by how smart he is, how committed he is. And just, you know, you can feel the positive energy off of that man. And I think that uh, the future looks pretty bright with him. Yeah. You, the first, just, it's a first year. You say, wow, that's yeah. amazing. And after a while, I forgot that it's his first year. I keep forgetting that this was just the first year he's doing this thing. Unfortunate what they faced. I mean, Yoli yeah. not being with them. Imagine what could have happened if they had Yoli in the beginning. And then at the end of this thing, the, the number of people who had picked BYU to go far in the tournament, it would have been really great to see his energy, his enthusiasm, his approach, his experience in the big games showing up in the tournament would have been something fabulous. So we're looking forward to what happens next. Uh, Yeah, I think we all are. And obviously the news coming out just this week, Brandon Averett transferring over from UVU, Matt Harms, the transfer from Purdue. You guys looking at this roster, do you think the expectation should be, hey, it's NCAA tournament or bust once again here? Oh, yeah. I do. Yeah, I think, I mean, and I think that's just, I mean, we're BYU. And maybe that sounds kind of cocky and arrogant to say that, but I think that's how we should be thinking, that that should be our goal and that should be a standard that we're measured against. Uh, We still want to still want to win our conference and win the conference tournament and other things. But yes, I do think that's the case. And I I would suspect the coach um, Pope and his staff, that's certainly what they're looking for. And I got to believe the players are. So as fans, I think we should. Absolutely. Yep. I would agree. Do you guys have any trepidation that you think that at some point Pope's going to leave for greener pastures? Or do you think he's a guy that's going to stick around? Well, we'd love for him to stick around, mm-hmm. yeah. But, but he's going to continue to do what he does so well yeah. that uh, yeah. pe- people are going to come for him, 
And I don't know if the draw to go someplace else in a, in a, and I'm going to do air quotes, a power five yeah. thing, you know, it's going to be more in the, and maybe the money's more, whatever that might be, but you'd hope a guy like that, you could keep him as long as you possibly can forever would be great. But I, I don't, I don't know that that'll happen. I, I, I think if, if you're a reasonable person, you have to um, consider the possibility, but hopefully, um, We'll enjoy for however long it lasts yep. and uh, all of us as Cougar fans can make it hard for him to want to leave. Yeah. Well, I think that's, I think that's the, most of the people I've talked to about that kind of have that same thought. It's like, Hey, enjoy it for however long it lasts. If he decides to stick around here forever, great. But in the meantime, let's just have some fun regardless. Yeah, yep, yep, exactly. Okay. I wanted to let you guys tell this story. I heard it on your guys' podcast. Uh, talking about the time you guys actually ended up carrying Steve Young around the Marriott Center. Am I, did I, did yeah. I get that wrong? No, you got that right. So okay. Greg, Greg's got that one down. No, well, I don't know about that. We, we, we were friends with, uh, with Dave Wright, who's still very good friends with Dave Wright, who was at that time was Cosmo. And uh, he was going to be unveiled back in those days, I guess. They would unveil him at uh, the last home basketball game. Is that, that's how I remember. It was yeah. my freshman year, so I was kind of in a daze. But um, – and so we were going to do that. It was a Wyoming game. I remember that. Okay. I think it was a regional NBC game and it was, and it was packed. I, I, I had never been in an arena that big. Um, he's not on the floor of it. I mean, I'd been there in the stands during the year. And so our friend Dave was going to um, have us uh, help un- unveil him and take his, his hat off, I guess it is. <laughs> One of the challenges is that NG is considerably taller than I am. So that was kind of interesting. But nonetheless, we, Dave had this idea that, we would have st- that he would have Steve Young pretend to be Cosmo. Okay. And so we actually did do that. Okay. And it was, okay. it was, it was after Young's yeah. junior year. Yeah, so we walked him around the we walk around the Marriott Center floor with him on our shoulders. Everyone going crazy. It's time to unveil, unmask, un uh, you know, whatever Cosmo, mm-hmm. and we pull off his head, and it's Steve, Steve Young. Young. <laughs> they just went crazy. We thought they were going nuts for us, which is what normally would happen in the Marriott <laughs> yeah, Center. Yeah, right. But it was actually Steve Young that went crazy for. Hey, and yeah, then we got Dave, and we got him up on our shoulders, took him around, and then took Dave's head off. I think we also helped Dave get engaged at the Marriott Center. Sherry, yeah, and when he was dressed as Cosmo, I think he, I think, was it he had a, one of those basketballs? He put the ring inside the basketball and they were throwing the basketballs into the uh-huh. stands, okay. And then we were supposed to bring one directly to Sherry, yeah. and then um, we're glad you didn't throw it because the ring say, was, was in that. I think that's the story. <laughs> I'm sticking to it, yeah. Okay. It's not going to affect but, my marriage if I'm wrong, but I will say this much Steve Young was a lot of fun to, to be with. I mean, he had his great, you know, junior year, mm-hmm. we, we were just ex- excited. To hang out with. Oh, so let's tell you another Steve Young story. Okay, I know you didn't ahead. ask for it, but, but we got one. So back in the day when you used to have um, social clubs at BYU, okay. they used to have them. And we were in Sigma Epsilon and uh, we were Sig Ep guys. And it was the best one of all. And uh, so <laughs> yeah, inside, inside, the, inside the Marriott Center, you, I mean, not Marriott Center, inside the Wilkinson Center, you would set up these booths during club week. And okay. we had a dunking booth. And ah. so we, Steve Young was passing through his with somebody that knew him. So we grabbed him and said, Hey, can you come toss a few balls at the dunking thing? So it's an old dunk tank with like a wooden frame, a wooden target. And he hits this thing with a softball. Nothing happens. Uh Oh, and he hits it again and knocks, breaks the wood off part of it. <laughs> now he's embarrassed. So he walks over, takes a form and knocks the whole thing down. And the guy drops in the dunk tank and he just walks out of the room. Yeah. He didn't want to see us again. Yep. That was okay. it. Hey, yeah, he's got he's got that good of an arm that it didn't even yes. affect the yeah. the wood on yeah. the the dunk tank. Absolutely. That's awesome. And by the way, we were very excited about him because being from the back east, we thought this is great have a quarterback from Connecticut uh, playing for BYU. So 
from Greenwich, right? Is that where? Yeah, yeah, yep. that's right. So, yeah, yeah, crazy. And that's the funny thing is like people think Steve Young. They're like, okay, the last name is related to Brigham Young. He got to be from right. Utah. Nope, Greenwich, Connecticut. So yeah. yep. <laughs> tremendous to watch him. Absolutely a joy mm-hmm. to watch him play. So both of you graduates from BYU, I wanted to let you guys kind of talk about your experience at BYU. Um, NJ, if I'm mistaken, you said you came to BYU as not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ right. of Latter-day Saints. Yep. But I wanted to let, ask you guys, what were your respective uh, experiences at BYU like? Um, well, I'll go. Okay, yeah, you, so you were there before I was. Yeah, so it, it was... It was strange at first coming from just coming from the East to Utah was a little different. And we were wearing straight leg jeans at the time. I wasn't used to any star flight jeans that were happening in Utah, but it was, it's such a beautiful place and such a warm and welcoming group of people that I never really felt, even though there are 30,000 students on campus, I never felt alone that I was lost, that I wouldn't know and, and feel like I could fit in there. And I had lifelong friends from freshman year still talk with my roommate, Brad uh, Florian from freshman year, who's at, at ESPN. And, um, and so I, I loved it. And then the sports thing for us, it was, we were, I mean, I, I, maybe Greg would say something different. I don't think he will. So proud to talk about the school through its sports lens, because it was with Danny Ainge doing what it was doing and Wally Joyner and Steve Young and Jim McMahon. It really gave you a conversation with your peers who were talking about their teams where they were playing and, and, it, and it, you could stand up and talk to anybody about it. The education second to none and the price, <laughs> we, you know, when we tell people back East what it was, they're like, what are you I mean, That's not possible. Yeah. Hey, are you guys on scholarship? Should have been, <laughs> but, uh, but no, <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, my experience was, like, as NJ said, a really, really positive one mm-hmm. uh, coming out here. I thought, what a beautiful place. First of all, yeah. just breathtakingly beautiful, um, a great school, um, an amazing environment. I'd, ne- I'd never been around so many LDS people in my life, so that was that was a new experience for me, which which was which was a really good one, and um, and I love the place. And then when I you know when I came here, I, I um, we we both been you know converted for not for that long. I, I really didn't think about necessarily going on an LDS mission, even though I should have been, but but I did while I was there, mm-hmm. and then decided to go and. And I, when I think about that decision and other decisions that I've had in my life, meeting my wife there, almost every good thing in my life has come from that place. So I'm, I'm, I don't have anything but great things to say about it. Yeah, we, we, then we came back for graduate school. Greg came back uh, before me. I was working at the time for the Defense Department in D.C. And then Greg okay. came back. We were in graduate school together. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then Greg came back for law school. Uh, and then, and then we're involved. Greg's involved deeply with the app, and uh, I'm I've been on an advisory board at BYU for 20 years now, in, in the married school, that, and have been hiring people. That the the you know this isn't the reason for this conversation, but but life and business is a part of it. Mm-hmm. Came back to BYU to start hiring for Procter and Gamble, and I'm telling you that it was the easiest thing to do. And every year, BYU intern would get an internship, or BYU kid would get an internship, and every year they get a full time job, like a dozen years in a row because the quality of the students is unsurpassed. And so they're able to get in a place like P&G loved them. So coming back on campus, bringing executives back to BYU, we had a guy in charge of recruiting at Procter & Gamble walk on campus and say to me, wow, I didn't realize they'd get this place so ready for us when we came here. I said, Bill, they, they have no idea you're here. This is what it looks like every day. You can go to a bathroom at three o'clock in the morning or three in the afternoon. It's going to be beautiful. This is the most incredible place. Like, are you kidding me? When We're not preparing for people's parents coming. This is every day on this campus. And that's a joy to be able to say, this is where we went. And this is what, 
We represent it and we're happy to, to bring anybody anytime on campus. Um, Cause it's, it's been, we bought the CEO from PNG, John Pepper at one point came, he was so impressed by it. And there's a reason to be, it's a wonderful place. All right. Well, gentlemen, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join me today. It was fantastic to hear from you guys. And like I said, people that may be listening to this need to check out It's Never Just a Game. Like I said, you guys meld sports, business, and life. Unlike many podcasts I have heard, and I I work in the podcast sphere, so I listen to a lot of podcasts as it is. And I can't thank you guys enough for taking the time. Look forward to doing this again soon, hopefully. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for you. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Thank you. All right, there you have it. Part two of the conversation with the Pesci brothers on a fan Friday here on the show. A big thank you to them for joining us. Like I said, follow their show on social media, NJAG Official on Twitter. They do a great job. They have great guests. I heard a tease of who they're going to have on their podcast in the coming weeks. After we got done recording, I have to tell you guys this much. You're really going to enjoy some of the people they have coming up on their podcast. So big thank you to both Greg and NJ Pesci for joining us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. All right, that's going to do it for a Friday edition of the show. Hopefully you guys are all doing well. Hopefully you're getting ready for a fun weekend ahead. Weather here along the Wasatch Front is supposed to be absolutely spectacular. Regardless of where you're at, I hope you're staying home. I hope you're staying safe, and I hope you guys are all doing well. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you guys with some special bonus editions over the weekend, but full editions return on Monday. Have a good one. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for June 19th, 2020. We will talk to you soon. 